You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Well, thanks for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Uh, My name is John, and today we have a very special guest, a uh, very special guest, Aiden Kasten's joining us. Uh, Many of you at Brandon Valley High School in the Brandon Valley area, you know, uh, you know Aiden and his family, but uh, we're glad you're here, Aiden. We're going to talk a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. What Now, as we're recording this, we're not going to, mm. people won't see this for a couple of weeks, but as we're recording this, you're getting ready to take a pretty big step. Talk to us about the about what's going on tomorrow. Yeah, literally tomorrow, I am shipping out at 5 a.m. in the morning to head out to Annapolis. I'm going to be a couple days early, though. Uh, so the induction day, it's called I day is on the 30th of July, no, not July, sorry, 30th of June. And I have to report at the, basically the Navy stadium where the army Navy games occur at 0700, which is just 7am in the morning to then load on the bus with all of my fellow plebes and get shipped to the actual campus where we'll start getting processed with all of the fun military stuff like vaccines. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you ship shipping out means you go to the processing here in Sioux Falls. I don't have to do anything here. So oh. I kind of misuse the word ship there, but I just kind of use it um, for whatever. You'll be shipping a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of shipping, especially in the <laughs> Navy. Um, ship, ship happens. I'll use, I'm heading out to Annapolis tomorrow and I am shipping to get processed on the 30th. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now I, I was, we were talking earlier and I, and to me, I got lots of questions about that. It's not, I mean, how many people are in your class? How many plebes are in your class? So I think the number of plebes is around 1,200. So 1,200, it varies a little bit on year to year, of course, but that's generally what it stays at just through the like application basically requirements. So with the appointment from a congressperson, a congressperson can only appoint two people Mm -hmm. to an academy every year. And each congressperson can only have five people in like a certain academy, I think, which really limits it down to a smaller class size just because of just the appointment from sure. a congressperson for sure, that kind sure. of stuff. So, but South Dakota, you're obviously one of two then. Six, because there's three. Oh, uh, three. Okay. Two senators and then, of course, gotcha. one gotcha. representative. See, I'm learning stuff all the oh, time. Oh, you're fine. I'm always available to learn things. <laughs> Thank <laughs> yeah, you for educating you. this. Yeah, good. Of course. Um, so do you know any of the other South Dakota? I do. So there's, I think, two currently in the uh, Naval Academy right now. And then there's two of us heading out there this summer. Actually, this morning I ran with, his name's Daniel Colby, and he's a fellow plebe heading out with me and oh. get, is getting processed at the same time sure. on the 30th. Sure. How, how did you get... Yeah, talk to us a little bit about this process. You and I talked a little bit, but mm-hmm. tell everybody that's listening, like if someone wants to get into the Naval Academy, how do we do that? Like what how what was your process? So the process. It's a pretty long process. There's a preliminary application, make sure that you're even like ex- even like eligible to get in. That usually starts like sophomore year-ish. So the Naval Academy hosts a plethora of programs. So the one that I want to do sophomore year, but was canceled due to COVID was summer STEM which is, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. But that was canceled due to COVID, but I got into that. And then after that, in junior year for summer seminar, which was junior to senior year, that is another uh, preliminary application opportunity, I guess you can suppose. 
then once you get your preliminary accepted, they will send you a bunch of like login information to get into, it's called the CIS or the candidate information system where it'll basically lay out what you all have to do. And then during summer seminar, they actually told us kind of the stuff that we had to do in order to get into the whole academy thing. And it's like 11 different steps. And so medical uh, appointment from the congressperson, that's an entire another application too, because sure. you have to send it into each one of them. I got my appointment from rounds. I got the principal. And then... How, how many push-ups did you have to do? Is that a thing? That is a thing. And that's one of the requirements too. It's called the CFA, at least for the uh, Naval Academy. It's called the CFA. It's the Cadet Fitness Assessment. Okay. And that's just trying your best in six different categories. Push-ups, sit-ups, uh, shuttle run, mile run, pull-ups, and basketball throw. Six different categories you have to try and compete in. They send out your... They send out the maximum score you can get and what the what the requirements are, but they never send out the minimum or the average. So you kind of just have to do the best in all six of those categories to get the best score possible. Wow. Yeah. So, and so is that something that you test at a uh, at a military installation, or do you just test it on your own and then kind of on the honor you system? You can. So how the CFA is basically coordinated is you need a like an advisor to watch over, which can be like a football coach or mm. a balloon gold officer, a BGO. But I had Coach Risty do mine from football. And he's done it in the past. So I was like, what better person to do it than somebody that's done it in the past? Wow. So so there's, I mean, it's multi-steps. Oh. Multi, and at any one of those things, if you don't check all the boxes, mm -hmm. you could be out. Yeah. So you could get through the entire process and then go to your medical review and they find out you have something that's not eligible. They will just, done. Was right there, there ever a time when you were like, this is too much? I No, I'm, this is too much. And it was about to be with the appointment because what happened was uh, all the appointments are relatively in the same time. So Thune and Johnson's uh, appointment interview, because you have to get an interview with their council of admissions people. And theirs was December 3rd, sorry, December 4th. And I had a state oral and terp competition that weekend. So I couldn't make it to theirs. So I was like, okay, rounds. I need an appointment here. And then <laughs> I got the call actually a week earlier on October 28th at like okay. 12 in the morning. I wasn't feeling very well because I was like sick and just wasn't getting good. And then I get a call and what do you know? It's centered around telling me I have the principal nomination. And I'm like, okay, now we're good. Okay. So that's really, that really yeah. is kind of the big thing is getting their attention. It's and really the appointments, like one of the hardest steps in the entire process. Well, I, I mean, that's, it's amazing to think about all that. Hey, did you talk to anybody who had been through the process before? I did not. I went into it basically okay. completely blind. Okay. Well, you talked about though, you did have a, a grandfather you said that was involved in yeah. the military. So, uh, grandpa Jim, uh, it's his nickname is James, but same thing. So, uh, he was a Vietnam vet and he died in 2012 due to agent orange complications in his lungs. And he got cancer in his lungs, which then caused him to pass away. Was he, was he close around here? Did you know him pretty well or? Uh, so what was really helpful is when we moved to Brandon, our grandpa, Jim and Donna were living like behind Casey's and Brandon. So that was really nice. We, I went over there many times with my friends cause they had a jacuzzi in the you know basement. So, sure. you know, summer activities. And I mean, that was, 
after his passing, I was, I was like six, eight, you know, really young and I couldn't really fully understood what his story was. And, you know, Vietnam vets are not exactly the most vocal about their time in service. Cause it was, it was a really rough time. Sure. And I didn't, it was just a little rough trying to figure out what all of the things they did for everybody was. What was his role or mode of service branch? If I'm remembering correctly, he was a army Jeep like technician. So he like worked on either Jeeps or he was a person on the radio. I, I can't exactly remember. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Naval Academy, obviously mm -hmm. that's a, that's a, you know, headline deal. I mean, I, I'm honored to even, you know, sit with you. I mean, to think about that level of service and that level of, uh, what it takes to do that. What were some of your other, cause what's your academic interest? I mean, or is it just completely military service? What's your it's motivation? Definitely both, uh, okay. large amount of service. Cause I'll go on as officer and of course, serving my country is a great honor to have. And then also some of the nuclear engineering programs out there are some of the best in the country. Uh, actually my second choice was going out to the school of mines for the, it's a new POC program is what my oldest brother, he goes to school of mines goes. And it's working essentially doing the same thing, but you're not being working on the ships as the same level. So okay. it's definitely a little bit of both. Wow. Okay, cool. Well, that's excellent. You, uh, so what, I mean, in school, like talk to, talk to think, imagine now some, maybe some middle school, high school students that would love to get into engineering. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of the things that you would say, um, were helpful for you? getting to this point? Cause obviously I don't, I didn't check your transcript or anything. I'm guessing your grades are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, what would you say to somebody that's coming up? What would be your, uh, so, I mean, definitely the competitiveness of the Academy, it's trying getting all A's in every single class while taking the most advanced classes of any of those classes. So engineering, you may not need much of English, but in order to get into let's, you know, Naval Academy, you need to be competitive to show that you can handle all types of fields. So take taking like honors, English classes, AP classes, just anything you can get your hands on to get yourself above anybody else that'd be saying their application there. What was your, what was your experience like with, you know, you mentioned oral interpret. Is that something mm -hmm. that you did all through high school or did you just pick so that up? So I did that freshman, sophomore and senior year. Junior year was really odd because it was during like it was the aftermath of COVID. So the entirety of oral and terp competitions were online, which I heard were really rough from my friends that are in oral and terp during my junior year. I heard it was rough, but it definitely builds the possibility of speaking to other people and showing some type of leadership position by elegantly speaking to other people. Because if you can't speak at all, then how are you supposed to give orders during a crisis? True. You got to be able to think, right? And mm -hmm. talk. Quick thinking. Sometimes, you know, I think, you know, in that field of engineering, I, I went to a school that was heavily engineer. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of the things a lot of times it wasn't as common was those communication skills. Yeah. You know, engineers are, you know, I guess probably stereotypically. Yeah. Not necessarily, you know, too extroverted, but, but to have a combination mm -hmm. is probably pretty, pretty, uh, Attractive, I would guess, mm. for places like the Naval Academy. It's definitely public speaking helps. Good, good. Well, hey, let's talk a little bit about, we're doing this podcast. Talk talk to everybody that's listening. Tell us a little bit about your experience growing up in Brandon. Um, 
I know your parents, mm. your brother. Uh, I know your family. What's it been like growing up in Brandon? Uh, somebody that's new to Brandon, what would you say is one of the great advantages of being a Brandon Lynx? Being a Brandonite, um, being a Brandonite is pretty cool. So I actually moved to Brandon in of uh, October of '09. So I haven't lived in Brandon all my life, and the neighbors were amazing. I managed to somehow move into my you know next door neighbor's Dr. Telcott. So you know living next to my sure. high school principal is kind of fun, but just all the neighbors around me were just amazing and welcoming. Uh, I mean, granted, some their kids were the same age as me. So the Walners and the Ossings, there's really great families, great people. And granted, I also live like four minutes from my elementary school too. So just walking sure. distance to everywhere. It was just cut, cut through the neighborhood on the trail there. Right? Mm -hmm, that yeah, valley. Nice. It was great. Cause I mean, everyone's welcoming there. It's just a great experience, a great environment to grow up in and to learn and grow as a person. Mm -hmm. What were your memories? You moved uh, Where did you move from? We moved from Bismarck, North Dakota. We lived on an acreage. I think it was like 10 minutes outside town. Granted, I was like four. So sure. Sure. Bismarck. See, I knew there was something I liked about you. Mm -hmm. I'm a North Dakota kid too. So see now <laughs> that's now I really like you. Um, that's cool. That's cool. I, uh, yeah, I, I have similar experience, you know, moving to Brandon from parts beyond, but it's been a, it's been a good experience for you now. Um, what's, um, what does community mean to you? you you've obviously been very involved in mm -hmm. school. What does community mean to you? And what lessons about community are you taking with you when you go to go to the Naval Academy? I definitely think community is the essence of just being there for one of each other. Because, I mean, my mom's been on vacation for a little bit now, and I've just been alone at the Brandon house. So parents are divorced, sadly. But there a couple of times like, oh, yeah, you want us to come over and help you mow the lawn or whatever else that we could possibly need in this time, you know, do dishes or something like that. And just everyone's there for everyone else. And just the huge kinship that everyone has built up over the years of us just living there with them. Sure. You've got people you can count on, mm -hmm. right? That's great. Well, I, I think, I think that's something that, you know, it probably doesn't happen in a minute. It takes time. Yeah. And uh, I think that's one of the things that I'm learning about community is that it doesn't just happen. You mm -hmm. have to be a, a part of it. And yeah, you have to actually engage. And I mean, you gotta, you gotta talk to people, see what right. they need, see what they want, be there for them in tough times or in great times. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you, uh, you're a certainly excited to see where this goes. Oh yeah, by absolutely. The time, <laughs> by the time people are watching this, you're going to mm -hmm. already be, uh, you'll already be in in it up oh, to yeah. your eyeballs. So this hair is also all going to be gone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> even more than what it was already was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I noticed. I noticed your, uh, you know, the the ponytail's gone. Is that what, was it? A ponytail? Is that what it was? So it or, switched. So like freshman and sophomore year, it was ponytail because it wasn't as long as it was my junior and senior year. But junior and senior year, it was a man bun. Oh, man bun. Okay. Mm -hmm. How does how does that work? So now I remember early on you. You worked at Pizza Ranch. How long did you work at Pizza Ranch? I worked at Pizza Ranch for three and three quarters of a year, okay. essentially. So job skills-wise, let's talk about the labor force here. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like? I mean, that's a that's a pretty long tenure mm -hmm. employment. So, I mean, it was definitely interesting because I started there in March of 18. So like four months after I turned 14. So I essentially okay. just immediately started working. 
and it was interesting because it also went right through COVID too. So we had to, you know, shut down the buffet and all that fun stuff and only do carryouts and deliveries. But it definitely builds character, you know, yeah. teenage restaurant job. It's a necessity of anybody because you got to experience the funness that is food service. <laughs> we'll say that. And it just really makes you appreciate what you got especially working minimum wage and seeing how much yeah. money that brings in with a part-time job and just trying to imagine what a higher wage or even like a full-time job would have to offer. And of course the perseverance through the tough times when you don't want to work and right. when it's really gross. Cause I worked front of house and I bust tables. So that got pretty clean. <laughs> yeah. So you, you learn, I mean, serving people. I mean, I, I think that's one of the great, you know, resources in our community mm. is places like Pizza Ranch, but Pizza Ranch specifically, I mean, they're focused on teaching some of those yeah. skills, you know, and, and to have that experience in your back pocket, I, I have no doubt that has a, has an impact. I mean, mm. your success and, uh, learning, you know, not only just classwork, but also, mm. and leadership is service. Putting people in front of you and making sure that they get what they need to have a great time and, good experience while sitting down at the tables within your restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I tell you what, Aiden, this has been great. Um, I appreciate you and uh, best of luck to you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be following your, your career and your story and best to you as you go. All right. I'm man. sure my mom's going to post pictures of me bald. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure she will. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on the love your neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!